Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. Steve Buchanan, my co-host, Julian Edlow, and we're starting off 2021 with a very, very special guest. Dan Lifshaft's one half of the Bankroll Boys and the Over Under Podcast over on 98.5, the Sports Hub. If that, those names sound familiar, we just had Joe Murray on a couple of weeks ago. And then, of course, we have to follow up with Dan. Two incredible minds in the betting world. You need to follow these guys. You need to listen to the Over Under Podcast. Listen to our podcast and also listen to this. That's all you need. I don't care about any of the dopey podcasts out there. Those are the two you want to listen to, these two guys. So be sure to do that. Dan, my man, so glad to have you on the show. Yeah, guys, I uh, appreciate it. I'm, uh, I'm happy to come on. I'm doing my podcast later today. So it's a nice little, like, you know, so we get a couple little, little double dip of the podcast, a little, lot, a lot of football action this week. So, I mean, I'm, I'm ready, dude. I'm ready. Yeah, let's just jump right into it. Let's just get to some of these games here. Really, really impressive slate of games. I'm actually really excited for this one. Uh, let's start off with the Colts and the Bills. The Bills, as you would imagine, six and a half point favorites with an over under of 51. This line is back to where it opened at six and a half. Bounced up and down a little bit to minus seven for the Bills, but it's currently sitting at six and a half. The under the over under did drop a point, opened at 52. I don't even think this one's close. I, 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 I feel really strong about the Bills here. They've been one of the best teams against the spread in the league. They finished 11-5 tied for first with the Dolphins, 7-4 and four against the spread as favorites so far this year. What are we thoughts on this one, Dan? How do you feel about this one? I'm I'm quite, I'm sort of conflicted, to be perfectly honest with you. I, 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 do, I do feel as if the Bills are ultimately the better team but what i think that they've struggled with are teams who can run the ball and really control sure. the clock we saw that in buffalo against the patriots team who i mean just to be perfectly honest with you wasn't very good this year uh obviously phil Rivers is not cam newton in terms of running the ball but jonathan taylor and naheem hines have really picked up their game i feel like that short passing game especially um that screen game the the short run game is something the bills struggle with now i if since I, I, I really personally don't like the Bills as a person, I would have much preferred to see them, you know, face Baltimore or Cleveland or a team like that, who I think would have really given them a lot of trouble. I still think Indianapolis's defense is something that 
you know, is going to be an issue for Josh Allen. There's going to be pressure up the middle. Um, If you remember that defense was rated really, really highly the first part of the season. I mean, they were considered an elite, uh, you know, defensive unit early on. And I know they kind of fell off near the end of the year. I think, you know, losing, uh, they, they had a lot of injuries in the, in the second half and, you know, I think that that, you know, contributed to it. I, they're mostly healthy now. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, they've gotten pretty much everyone back. I think they were almost fully healthy last week from what I remember. Uh, obviously they didn't cover against the the Jaguars, but I mean, he, to yeah. me, this is, I think Indy is going to give them trouble. Usually I'm a, the spread doesn't matter guy in COVID that has not been the case. I mean, almost, yeah. almost always the spread has mattered this year, which is crazy. So I'm, I am pretty, I'm pretty decided on taking Indy and the points this week. I don't, I don't love it, but I do think that it's the right side ultimately, just because if you want Buffalo, why is the spread not seven? Why is it not seven and a half? Why is it opening at six and a half? I know it bumped up to seven, but the opening number to me is always very important in these wildcard playoff games. Why is it six and a half, not seven and a half, seven? You know, the rule is to lay the seven and a half and to take the six and a half. And I think that is, I think that's what I'm going to do this week in this game. Yeah. So coming into this game, the bills have covered in eight straight weeks now, while Indy hasn't covered in the past three weeks, like Dan just mentioned. And I feel like they were pretty obtainable spreads too. Minus seven and a half against the Texans, minus one against the Steelers. And then obviously that unbelievable meltdown they have against the Jaguars. where they almost blew that game close as 15 and a half favorites. Julian, is that a kind of in your head at all? As you look at this one? What's in my head is that a lot of what Dan said made makes sense that that that's how you that's how you bet. But is this Bills team kind of an exception to the rule because they ended the season not just covering but all six of those last wins by double digits? Uh, yeah. Then you have the Hale Murray game in there, which they did cover as a three point dog against Arizona, and the game before that it's a ten point win against Seattle. So those last seven wins are all by double digits. So when the Bills are winning they're winning, covering, winning by double digits. Uh, Taylor and Hines are going to be the key to this game for Indy. I totally agree on that. Uh, Steve and I were big player prop guys. Um, I was on the Jonathan Taylor rushing prop at 83 and a half yards last week. He goes for 253. Now this isn't (laughs) Jacksonville, but the Buffalo run defense is nothing special. They're going to use Jonathan Taylor to stay in this game and, and keep it close and have a chance to win it and be in position to cover that six and a half. So I'm not going to bet this game on, on the spread. Um, I'm going to stay away from it. I have interest in a couple of things. I have, I have interest. I, I don't think Indy's going to win. I think Buffalo is going to win this game. I think they went through the learning process last year, you know, weird playoff game again against the Texans. Um, absolutely choking that was their their learning process i guess they dominate this season they're going they're getting fans at home which is going to be a little bit of a boost for them i think they're going to win this game uh so that leaves it to six and a half the per i I know how much both of you guys have talked about teasers this season Mm -hmm. buffalo is going to be a leg of a teaser for me because i think they're going to get through this game um, but I do want to look at the Jonathan Taylor rushing prop. I want to look at the, I know Indy had a good defense, like Dan said, but it has certainly slowed in the second half. I want to take a look at the Stefan Diggs receiving prop, which is high 90 and a half yards. I think I saw it at, but wow. he has, you know, just soaked up double digit targets week after week. 
for the Bills. That's another spot I want to look at. In the end here, I, Taylor and Hines are great. Um, Phillip Rivers, not a good cold weather quarterback, not a clutch quarterback. I feel like this game, Dan might get his cover here. This could be like a six-point game at the end. Phillip Rivers yeah. throws a back-breaking interception with four <laughs> seconds left, and that's the game. Yeah, I, I just I, I take a look. I take a look at that team. I mean, also I believe that Diggs is banged up this week too, and not I, practicing today. Not practicing today. Yeah, there, there's, there's just a lot of things. Not to mention, everyone's so high on this team that they've won nothing. I mean, really, the only sort of experience that we've seen Josh Allen and the coach Sean McDermott have in the playoffs is they crapped their pants in against Bill O'Brien. I mean, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was like Bill Belichick outsmarted them and overcame a double digit lead. No, this was Bill O'Brien in the playoffs where they crapped their pants, soiled the sheets and, you know, lost the game and in a game they were absolutely dominating, controlling it. it, it I mean, I, I know this is in Buffalo. There's going to be fans, but I mean, at the end of the day, I just I do think this is a, a losable game for the Bills. The other thing that does worry me is, you know, at six and a half, the teaser side is basically you're getting Buffalo on the, the money line, right? You're getting right. Buffalo on the money line. The, every single person I know loves the Bills as a teaser side, including me. So if you know, so if, if the whole world's on that one boat, especially on a teaser. The public teaser sides, while they have been good this season, there's been a few real big public ones that have just absolutely crashed and burned. And it feels like Tampa and Buffalo this week are just, that's a classic teaser. And it's, it feels like one of those sides is going to burn you. You're going to get burned on one of them. And I I, I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be a Tampa is going to be Buffalo. I'm I, I, Tom Brady's out of that teaser, so I'm going to say Buffalo's going to burn you just because I, you know, I'm 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 rooting Brady right now. I'm on I'm on the Brady train. Real quick before we move on, just one player prop I did like in this one: Trey Burton to score an anytime touchdown at plus five twenty-five. Philip Rivers loves his tight ends in the red zone. Obviously, there's a couple guys in there in the mix, but Trey Burton has been the guy that's leading in red zone targets amongst that group. So if you want to throw a little bit on a player prop there, I do like Trey Burton to score an anytime touchdown. Let's move on to the game that I'm struggling with the most, which is the Rams and the Seahawks. Seahawks are minus three favorites in this one and over under of 42. This one did open as the Seahawks as four and a half point favorite. So that line seen a little bit of movement here. I don't like either side. I, I think this is just such a tough line at minus three. I don't feel strongly about either one. And the biggest reason for me is that Rams secondary is so good. And we've already seen these two teams go at it already. You look at a guy like DK Metcalf, who has been like the alpha in this offense against his team already eight catches for 87 yards, which doesn't sound too bad. But when he's seen Jalen Ramsey in coverage, he's been held to just one catch on four targets for 11 yards. So you would have to think that they would shadow at least at least attempt to shadow DK Metcalf with Jalen Ramsey. There goes your biggest part in the offense. Now, to that note, Tyler Lockett has gone for eight catches and 110 yards against the Rams. So it does open up Tyler Lockett. But I just don't really like either side because, you know, neither team has been good at hitting the over at all, by the way. The Rams are 4-12 and at hitting the over this year. Seattle 8-8. Eight and eight. And neither team has been great against – so I, I take that back. The Rams are 9-7 and seven against the spread, but 2-2 two and two as underdogs. No team just really kind of 
breaks out to me here. Like if anything, I'm probably looking at the under 42, which is a scary number because that's a low number here. But with how bad the Rams have been, with how good I'm giving the respect to the Rams secondary, I just don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. And quite frankly, Seattle hasn't been scoring at least in the last few weeks of the season. So what are our thoughts on this one? I'm just kind of leaving this alone. I like the under on the total, but I think that's it for me in this one. So, I mean, both total, both of these games were under the total, I believe, this year uh, yes. in the, in the yep. previous two meetings. Uh, the way I'm looking at it is I, I think that 43 number is I, I think it's bait. I do. I think I think they want you on that under. I think they want you taking that number. I, I do. I do think that it's going to be. Listen, it's a divisional game, really. I mean, you yeah. know, and, and as I one of my kind of rules is like, Divisional games are just different. They're different than a non-divisional, even interconference game. They're just different. And so when these two teams get together, man, especially these two, there's, there's some bad blood. You saw Aaron Donald kind of say, Oh, you know, this is who we wanted. This is who we wanted. I do think that there is kind of something there to that is that, you know, the, these teams know each other so well, they're both going to have something prepared, something ready for each other. As you kind of said, I think, if you wanted to take a number with the Rams, you needed above that four. I, I would have taken four, maybe four and a half, uh, you know, preferably, you know, obviously not five because you would have missed the best number by then. Yeah. I'm taking Seattle. I, I'm, I'm not taking anything probably above three. Like I don't want the three and a half number. And so to me, I, I'm probably staying off this game on a side as well. I'm, I'm leaning towards the over because my expectations are, you know, these teams are going to, these teams are going to have to air it out. Seattle, especially, I don't think is going to be able to run the ball against the Rams. No. What the Rams have been able to do, you know, to the ground game recently, uh, Chris Carson has been banged up all season long. Carlos Hyde to me still is, you know, black. Like I'm, I'm not, he's not exactly someone who, you know, is going to impress me. And especially against his defensive front, I think Seattle's going to have to throw the ball 40, 40 to 45 times early to win this game and be successful and when that, you know, when that happens, I'm, I'm looking for scores. So I, I, I would lean the over here just because I think Seattle's going to have to score points and the Rams are going to have to keep up with them. And we don't really know what Goff's finger is going to be. But my yeah. assumption is, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we see a Jared Goff classic pick six type moment. <laughs> when don't we see those? Julian? <laughs> so this game I, I feel like maybe we're overthinking this game a little bit too much. I want to give the Rams their respect, and they, and they have a fantastic defense. They scored nine points against Seattle in the last game, 20-9 to nine loss, Goff obviously playing hurt, and then they score 18 with whatever his name is, John Walford last week, but that was with a pick six and a safety. This right. team isn't scoring. Um, and Seattle's defense has certainly they the schedule was an issue. They played a much lighter schedule, the Seahawks, the second half of the season. But the defense, just from the eye test, it picked up the second half. Um, Seattle went from a team winning games 35 to 30 to a team winning games 20 to 9, like they did the last yeah. time against the Rams. Uh the, the total's tough. Like I agree with both of your your points. It should be an under game, but How does Seattle win this game? They let Russell Wilson, the best player on the field, throw it 40 to 50 times, and that's a recipe for an over. So I could see this one going either way. I just don't know how the Rams are going to score that many points with 
Goff playing with a jacked up thumb or this John Walford dude playing. So I think what that means to me, if I'm split on the total, I, I want Seattle at three and Seattle is three as we record this at on the DK Sportsbook. So it's going to be Russell Wilson versus either an injured quarterback or a backup quarterback at home. Um, I'm, I'm going to play the Seahawks minus three in, in this game and whether it comes with Seattle scoring a lot of points and it, it, it finding its way to the over, or they have to grind this out. I just don't think the Rams are going to find a way to get what they need in, in this game. I know it's a little bit scary playing for the third time. They split the game. Seattle won the last one. It's supposed yep. to be a bounce back spot for the Rams. I'm just not going to overthink it. The, the Rams have a great defense, but the, the quarterback matchup in this game is glaring. So Minus three at home is the number. Um, I'm not going to play it at three and a half, but Seahawks minus three at home. I'm, I'm in on that. One game I'm really looking forward to. I think this is like the most non-talked about game, at least in some parts of the nation, if you want to say. Buccaneers against the Washington football team. My Washington football team. They came through. They're in the playoffs, baby. We're going to see this team. Dan's rolling his eyes. Whatever. You two are going, you two are going <laughs> head to head in this one. Steve loves the Washington football. Oh, team. baby. I know Let's Dan go. is a Bucks fan right now. Just, I'm just I'm just a Bucks fan at heart. I mean, that doesn't right. necessarily mean I'm betting with my heart. I'm just saying. I don't know. No, absolutely. I'm just I'm just setting the setting the stage here. Okay. Um, me, I don't. I could go either way personally on our, all of our fandom here, obviously all three of us grew up watching Tom Brady for, for 20 years. Um, I could go either way as a, as a fan watching him, watching him get this done or watching him kind of crash and burn in his first playoff game away from the Patriots. However, before the season started, when uh, that Brady news was just kind of coming to the surface, I bet a ton of bucks futures. So like I have the bucks to win the Super Bowl <laughs> plus 3000 or whatever. I have the bucks to win the NFC at plus 1800. I'm team, I'm team bucks for, for my, for my money, but go ahead, Steve. I know you're going to start with why Washington's maybe even going to win this game. Definitely cover. (laughs) I mean, look, quite frankly, from a betting perspective, all they've been doing is covering. They have been an excellent cover team. The Washington football team This originally opened seven and a half point favorites for the Buccaneers. It is currently up to eight. By the way, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon to be fair. Tampa Bay has been a very good cover team as well. Nine and seven, nine and seven overall, seven and six as favorites, but Washington football team also nine and seven, eight and five against the spread as underdogs, four and two as home underdogs. If you really want to put the microscope under that one, but here's the biggest thing for me. The Washington football team hasn't had a score in any, in all of their game, in their games combined higher than 40 in five straight weeks they are at, they are allowing an average of 17.2 points in that span and one of the biggest things for me they are going to get pressure on tom brady brady is only feeling pressure on 24 percent of his dropbacks but when that is occurring his adjusted completion percentage is at 58%. That is one of the lowest in the league. That is right below Carson Wentz and right above Drew Locke. That's the company he's in there. And his 5.2 yards per, per pass attempt in that scenario is one of the lowest in the league. And he's taken 21 sacks. That what is what Washington does to win games. Obviously, it is a very tough offense that they have to try to stop because there's so many moving parts on that field. But... Washington, I think we can all admit now their secondary is excellent. Their defensive line is excellent. 
This is a tougher match for the Buccaneers than I think people are giving them credit for. Dan, big Bucks fan, rolling the eyes when I was talking about Washington. Let's hear it. No, I actually, uh, I actually, I actually don't disagree with you. Unfortunately, uh, I, I do, I do think Brady and the Bucks are going to struggle in this game. I do. I, you, you've kind of talked about. It. I mean, listen, the, the the Chase Young stuff does worry me a little bit. If I'm a Washington backer, like kid, you know, shut the hell up. Like, can, can you stop? It's Tom Brady. This is what he's done in his whole career. He right. takes the crap you say and he turns it against you. So that, that is a little bit of a, a nerve wracking situation, but, but ignoring that the Bucks offensive line is a mess. It, yeah. it has been all season. I mean, the, the, the team that I almost kind of compared, you know, this Washington team too is Chicago. I think they're a slightly better version of Chicago. We all saw that primetime game where Chicago teed off against their offensive line and Brady just, they just couldn't do anything. Yeah. It also kind of reminds me of like the New York giants where in that first half, the giants teed off on the offensive line. And, you know, again, Brady and the bucks were struggled badly. I, I do think that they're, you know, Bruce Arians is at least competent enough to kind of understand this. And he's going to have, well, (laughs) I I think I said, I think, I don't know. I said, I think, I think that he's competent enough where they're going to, you know, double team early. They're going to use Gronk as a blocker, as a blocker this game. That, that is my honest opinion is, you know, this is the type of game that you use Gronk as a blocker, not necessarily a receiving threat. And so that is also going to take away a little bit from Brady and so that should help, but it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle for the offensive line. That being said, the other side of the coin is Washington's offense against that Bucks defense. Yeah. Washington's motor really on offense has been Antonio Gibson this season and they've gone as he's gone. This is going to be a game where you're, you can't rely on Gibson. Gibson's going to give you barely, probably not much. I mean, two, two and a half, three yards per carry against that stout defensive front, you know, really until late in the game, once you wear them down, they, they kind of start, you know, letting go. And to me, Alex Smith dropping back and passing the ball is terrifying right. uh, over and over and over again. Uh, so that is kind of where I struggle with this. This is a, again, this is another under game to me. This is a game where I'm yeah. looking, I'm looking to play the under. I think that, I've heard whispers that Mike Evans injury is way worse than they're actually telling us. And while he may be a game time decision, if he plays, it will be basically as a decoy. I mean, really, you know, they, they have enough receiving weapons where they can kind of take someone out of there and and put Evans in as a decoy. And that will be, you know, fine. I think that that's ultimately going to be their strategy. Evans will just kind of be there for moral support more than actual playing support. Uh, it, it, it doesn't, his, his knee does not sound great, uh, from everything I've heard. I, I just, I think that that, if that's going to be really, really bad for Brady too, because the, the Washington football team is actually gonna be prepared, be able to prepare for Antonio Brown. And I think that's been the downfall of the past few weeks is Antonio Brown's kind of been kind of unaccounted for. If you're prepping for Antonio Brown, uh, I think that that's going to throw a little bit off. I, I think I think Brady, as I said, is going to struggle in the passing game. Other side of the coin, Washington's not going to be able to run the football. It has a recipe for an under game, uh, you know, as well. And I, I do think Tampa ultimately wins. I do. I don't think it's going to be the Seattle-New Orleans game a couple of years ago, but I think it's going to be close. I would not be shocked if Tampa won, uh, you know, by by three, that, that type of game, three, four, you know, a close game, low-scoring game, maybe like – 
you know, 24, 20 type game. And real quick, Julian, before you get to your point, Mike Evans has been Brady's favorite target in the red zone. So that obviously would come into play as well. You would like to think that would go to Antonio Brown and possibly Rob Gronkowski. Go ahead, Julian. <clears throat> yeah. So I, it's an, un, it's an under game. Uh, all yeah, these, definitely. all these high flying Brady offenses running into a good defensive line, even though Chase Young is saying the wrong things, he didn't just win uh, defensive rookie of the month. He just won defensive player of the month. Uh, he's the real deal. Um, it's, it's just, we've, we've seen this so many times. Uh, and then there's the primetime old man, 43 year old Brady that is games kicking off after eight this season, one and three straight up. Oh, and four against the spread. Oh. Tom Brady doesn't like to stay up late and play football anymore. He <laughs> likes to go to bed and play at 1 p.m. I mean, me too, man. <laughs> yeah. so, I'm 29. I can't imagine how he feels. <laughs> yes, he's, he's getting up there, man. So I don't – I kind of put a little bit of stock in that, but, like, come on, you got to get up for a, for a playoff game. Get out the smelling salts or something. Um, it, it's an under game. I agree. The fr- So I put out on – I put all my stuff out on Twitter, obviously. I did take the Bucks minus seven on right after that Washington Eagles game finished because I knew that it wasn't going to close anywhere around seven. And if I wanted to get out of it, uh, I could. So yeah. that's all I have at the moment. I'm not involved in the whatever, like Bucks Saints, Moneyline, soccer parlay that people are going to put together. Um I do think Tampa wins the game because I, I can't see Washington doing enough offensively. Gibson, not only is Gibson banged up, McLaurin's a little banged up. Alex Smith isn't going to win the, isn't going to win them this game. That's why Washington was talking about mixing in Taylor, whatever his name is, the quarterback that Ron Rivera has from Carolina. If you think rotating Alex Smith and another quarterback is going to win you this game, you're not winning this game. That tells us that, you know, you're not winning this game. Uh, so I, yeah, I just don't see it from Washington, but they are going to put the pressure on Brady and it, it just historically hasn't been a good spot for him. So I'll probably get out of my Tampa minus seven. I don't, I don't think they're going to win by more than a touchdown, honestly. Uh, but if you See, I have a different team we'll, that we'll get to one of the Sunday teams teased with teased with the Bills. But I honestly think if you teased Tampa and Buffalo, it it will work. I know Dan saying one side's going to fall off, but I'm more I'm more confident in the Buffalo side, I guess. And we kind of agree that the Bucks will squeak this one out. I don't know. I, I think this could be one of those teasers on Saturday that that does pull through. Um, I don't like liking favorites all this much. I'll say that Washington covers, but. Uh, I just, I don't know if Washington has enough to win this game. I don't, I don't know how they have enough to win the game unless they absolutely tee off on Brady. We're talking like 14, 17 points from the Bucks. Yeah. Hopefully Ron Rivera stops watching all the saints highlights. So we stopped doing this little rotation of, uh, of quarterbacks. Let's move over to the Sunday slate. This is the one I feel like is the biggest trap. Baltimore minus three and a half against the Titans with an over-under of 54 and a half. Both the spread and the over-under have pretty much stayed the same since it opened. Baltimore 10 and six against the spread, eight and six as favorites. Titans not as strong, seven and nine against the spread, three and two as underdogs. But one thing worth mentioning, the Titans finished the regular season as the best team at hitting the over 12, three and one on the year. 
I feel like I look at this line and I want to really like the Ravens, but I feel like that's, there should be a reason why I shouldn't like, I'm still trying to figure out why I think this is a trap, but I, I, I'm really struggling with this game. And that's why we had to have a guest on here because I'm not going to take Julian's advice. I hope Dan was going to talk some sense into this one here, but I really feel strongly about that three and a half, but I feel like I should be worried about that three and a half. I feel like the Ravens have been playing their best football over the past three or four weeks since, you know, obviously the COVID issues with Lamar Jackson, he's been playing much better over that span. Obviously the, we know what Derrick Henry can do, but Baltimore's got a pretty good run defense. He did run for 133 yards in their first matchup on 28 carries. Pretty typical Derrick Henry game. Why do I feel nervous about this line, Dan? What is it that's stopping me? Why do I like it so much, but I don't feel good at the same time? I'm, I'm in the same boat, unfortunately. So you brought on the wrong damn guest. <laughs> Where's Joe? I, I got to call Joe. <laughs> I said, call, call Joe. I mean, this, this, one is, this one is confusing to me as well. I, this is the type of game where... I'm just like, yo, I, I, I don't want to touch it. I don't want, you know, I want to touch the over. I don't want to touch the side. I'll wait till the second half, see how the first half plays out, maybe jump in Len. This is the type of game where, you know, unfortunately it's, I mean, it really is kind of like, uh, it's, it's, it's a rematch of earlier in the season, but to me, yeah. you know, that game is when Baltimore started their downward trend and Tennessee was flying high. And I do think that the roles have, kind of been somewhat reversed. I mean, Tennessee last week struggled. I mean, I know they won the yeah. game and that was great. You know, a bunch of us had Tennessee to win the division tickets and that was, that was nice to, to win those, but man, did they struggle and labor to that game? And again, a divisional game different, obviously, but they were up big. They let Houston yeah. back in. It's been kind of a, a story. And I, I actually have a good, I actually have a friend who I watch, like, you know, when we, you know, we, we have a group of guys who like watch the games, whatever, and, and, and cook some steaks. And whenever we watch it at my buddy's place, the, the, the Titans always win. The Titans always win. Right. It always has a place. And you know, what I've recognized is from watching them constantly, because they're always on the TV. They suck on third downs. I mean, they are <laughs> the worst third down defense maybe I've ever seen. If, if it's a third down, it's a third and eight, you know, it's going to be a first down for the other side. And I do think that at some point that's going to catch up with them. I, to me, I, I, I really wish that we had seen this game next round because I think ultimately these are two teams that could both win the Super Bowl. They're both built to do that you know, more of a run, you know, a running ground and pound and a really good, you know, defensive style. That being said, I'm probably going to take the bait here. And I'm, pr if you're gun to the head, if you're making me choose a side, I will ultimately pick Tennessee just because oh, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is special and Lamar Jackson, this is, this is kind of, you know, not up or shut up time for the guy. I mean, really Oh, and two in the playoffs, two yeah. first round exits, you know, you you want to be in that upper echelon, that Mahomes area. You want to be considered with you know the Tom Brady's, all those guys. I mean, this this is the start. You got to start winning yeah. some games. And to me, this is where uh, you know Lamar Jackson has to come out and he has to play his best. I I still think that it's Lamar Jackson at the end of the day, and 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 Ryan Tannehill has played better. So I'm gonna take. Uh, I, I will gun to that. I will take Derrick Henry and uh, Ryan Tannehill over Lamar Jackson. Derrick Henry rushing prop is 120 
and a half yards. You said he ran for 130-something the first time this year against Baltimore. He ran for 195 in the playoff game in Baltimore last year. Um, one of my biggest bets of the NFL season was last week, Derrick Henry had 118, over 118 yards because against Houston with the chance to get to 2,000, that was just too easy, and he gets 250. Um, if Tennessee wins this game, Derrick Henry is going for over a buck 20. So if yeah. you like Tennessee, I feel like you can, you can also get it, get in on that. Like I, basically what I'm saying is I would rather bet Derrick Henry over 120 yards than bet Tennessee, because I know if Tennessee wins, I feel like he's going to get it. And you can also maybe get it in a weird loss. Like Tennessee almost lost to Houston last week and Derrick Henry had 250 yards. So I feel like the Henry rushing prop gets me it in a win like 90 95 percent of the time and also leaves it open to like almost a coin flip in a loss uh so i guess that's where i would go rather than betting tennessee um sure. you told me i could get baltimore at like two and a half I, I would be interested uh it probably won't get there but it, it's a weird game like you guys said probably a game to lay off the spread maybe get in live uh once yeah. we once we kind of see what's going on <laughs> lamar jackson's last loss is to tennessee uh he didn't play in the pittsburgh uh, loss after that but then you look at these wins four of them are just wins over awful teams for baltimore to finish up that hot streak to the season dallas jacksonville giants Bengals. That's how they finished out. And then that crazy Monday night win over the Browns, which the Browns are good, but that was a weird game that I don't want to put much stock in. But Tennessee doesn't have a big win in a while either. They beat Houston in a meaningless game for Houston. They ran all over Detroit. They beat Jacksonville. Um, they had a big win over Indy, and then the one before that was the one over Baltimore. In the meantime, the, the, they lost the two games to legitimate competition. They lost to Cleveland. Uh, giving up 41 points and they lost to green Bay giving up 40 points. I think, I don't see how Tennessee gets out of this without giving up like at least 28 points to Baltimore. Um, so I don't know what this all means. I don't, I don't know if I should, play <laughs> over. I don't know if I should play Baltimore. I just think we're going to see, we're going to see some fireworks in this game. I don't see how we don't. So like, I'm, I'm, considering a combination of things between the over the the derrick henry rushing prop over even though i think baltimore probably wins the game might be my favorite bet in this game i'm, I'm i told myself like a month ago i'm no longer going to be afraid of these monster henry numbers and i've been betting yeah. his overs and they cash every time right all right let's quickly get through these last two ones we're starting to get up against it time uh, a little bit uh my favorite part team to start a teaser with is involved in this game which is the bears i think that's where you start every teaser i see a nod of approval from from dan so that's good he was rolling his eyes at me earlier <laughs> going against the saints who are minus 10 favorites over under 47 and a half interesting to know that the saints are nine and seven against the spread overall but six and six specifically with drew Brees. they actually were a better cover team with that dope Taysom hill under center but drew Brees, they're six and six I feel like this is kind of a tough one to kind of gauge from where they were last time when they did face each other because Nick Foles was a starter in that one. And just, you know, obviously with him out of the mix is just a whole different dynamic. We don't know the, the status of Alvin Kamara. It's looking like he will be able to play in this one. 
If they were, if this was on the Saturday slate, that would be a different story. But it is looking like Kamara would be able to play in this one. Michael Thomas could be returning in this one as well. So a lot of moving parts in this one. Honestly, the only thing I'm playing in this one is, is using the Bears and the teasers. I don't want to back a Saints team by 10 points. I think the Bears are better than that. What do you think, Dan? I agree. I, I think that on, on the teaser side, I think I, I would take Chicago. I would. I mean, to me, it's Drew. Again, I, I, I was on touch with this morning. We kind of talked about this game a little bit. Drew Brees doesn't look right. He just doesn't look right. He hasn't been remotely close to being right. And I know they had that game against Minnesota where Kamara got really hot and things were a little bit easier offensively for them. But outside of that one game, the Saints with Drew Brees this season just haven't looked good. They haven't looked, you know, like a competent team. The right. one thing that does kind of scare me, though, is the fact that this number opens so high. Yeah. I take a look at that number and say, well, you know, they, am I getting baited into playing the bears, which is like the worst feeling in the world, right? <laughs> getting baited into playing the freaking bears. Uh, I, ultimately I probably wouldn't take a side in, uh, or, you know, a side in the, uh, in the game. I, again, I'm, I'm going to go back to my classic playoff under here. And I, I, I lean the under in the Chicago New Orleans game. Again, two defenses that I think are going to key off on offenses that are either overhyped or, in general, overrated. I, I know Trubisky has played very well recently, and that team has yep. won by putting up points. That being said, I mean, we you know we saw a, a couple injuries last year, last week with the Bears. I mean, we don't know. You know, Montgomery got banged up. Mooney got banged up. We don't know the status of Alvin Kamara for New Orleans. I can't imagine Michael Thomas, even if he is playing, is near a hundred percent. Drew Brees to me doesn't look a hundred percent. There, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who caught like eight balls last week, right or whatever, he got banged up in that game and had to come out for a few plays too. So it's like it, it feels like you're you're you know it's just a couple of banged up offenses that are going to be yeah. doing whatever they can to kind of get through the game against some, you know, pretty damn good defenses. I'm going to go under here too. I, I also take a look at that opening number of 48 and say, you know, usually the, 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 the rule with the NFL is under 48 and a half, at least the last few years, it's an under over 49 and a half. It's an over. I'm going to kind of play play that role here too it started up at 40 i'm gonna play the under here i just do think that this is going to be a uh you know one of those grinded out games it wouldn't shock me if the saints clobbered them but i taking <laughs> the bears with 16 points in the teaser side is ultimately really appealing yep i agree i mean sure i'm, I'm not gonna say i'm not on board with the bears plus 16 it sounds kind of dumb not to be uh especially the way the saints have been going lately. So I'll get on board with that. I have shockingly little thoughts on this game. I don't know why uh, the, the saints are going to win, especially after dropping that one to Kirk cousins in the playoffs at home last year, they're not going to drop one to Mitch Trubisky at home in the playoffs to get things going this year. So I do think New Orleans is, is the far superior team and they're going to win this game, but I don't really have much thought. I'm probably going to have no bets on this game unless something significant changes. So just we'll save some time and move it along. I'll throw out a couple trends that the bears are five and three straight up and against the spread on the road. They were better on the road than they were at home this season. Um, and the bears they've gone over in five of their last six games overall and over in six of their last nine games on the road. So 
the Bears, you just always think under, and I'm not saying this game isn't because Saints, you think over, especially at home, but just some some weird trends that you wouldn't think, I guess, about uh, the Bears so far. And then you look at the Saints, the reason why this number got went up to double digits, they're seven, one and one against the spread in their last nine games. All right, real quick, we're going to move to the final game, which is the Browns and Steelers. The Steelers, you know, six-point favorites in this one, over under 47 and a half. This one has moved pretty significantly. Steelers minus four now, but of course, COVID issues with the Browns. Stefanski will not be part of this game in this one. I, I feel like this is just such a tough game to figure out because these are two teams that look completely different from when they face each other. You know, I don't want to count last week because they weren't even playing all the starters in this one, but when they faced each other prior to that, these are two completely different looking teams. Pittsburgh's defense seems to be crumbling. You know, Ben Roethlisberger does not look good. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield looks almost untouchable at this point. He's getting all of his guys back. He has got all of his guy back from COVID issues in this one. I don't want to touch anything with this game. I feel like this is going to be one that you think it's going to go one way. It's going to go the complete opposite direction. I feel like that's going to be the consensus here, but I'm always willing to be surprised, not surprised because it is 2021. Yeah, I, I uh, we, we talked about this one as well. I mean, the, the one thing that does worry me for Cleveland, no Joel Petonio. I mean, that, that's a huge loss on that running game. Yeah. That's going to affect Nick Chubb. That's going to affect, you know, those kind of sh- uh, short screens. They love to run with Kareem Hunt because Petonio is the swing guy. He's always out front. So to me, that that's a huge loss that, you know, it's kind of being a little bit underplayed. We obviously don't know what the Stefanski impact is going to be. How is that going to impact the play calling? Because what Stefanski and that offense, you know, and that offense has done so well this year is run the ball to set up the play action. I think that's why Baker Mayfield has been so successful. Well, is the play calling going to change? Is Stefanski going to, you know, basically be calling the plays remotely? How, how is this going to work? Is the field going to be different? I'm very, I'm very interested to see that aspect, not to mention like, again, how is it going to affect the running game? Is Nick Chubb still going to be able to run his usual, you know, rumblings with without Petonio? I, it's it's this is going to be a game where I think we're going to learn a lot in the first half, and I don't want to jump yeah. in. I was lucky enough to be able to kind of jump on some Pittsburgh uh, three and a half and four when the news broke. So I'm going to you know probably try and hedge my bets. Hopefully we see a seven by game. Game time, I can get off, you know, the nice number there. But I wouldn't feel confident taking, you know, a side, a total and everything. The one thing I will say, though, Baker Mayfield and the Browns struggled last week against, you know, what is almost a a partially mixed first and second team with the Steelers. And, you know, they they couldn't stop the offense against Mason Rudolph. I mean, you know, Mason Rudolph is (laughs) kind of tearing you up. That, that, That does concern me a little bit for Cleveland's defense there. Divisional game, things change, yada, yada, yada. I, 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 I agree with that 100%. It's just, man, this one's scary. I, I think because of the COVID issues, you if you're going to play this, ultimately it has to be a teaser side for me. You yeah. have to tease this game. It has to be a side, not a total. And you have to stick with it, and, and that's it. Because to me, other than that, I, I, it's unplayable. It, unplayable until we see the at least the first quarter of what the effects of the coaching loss and the offensive line loss are for Cleveland and, and kind of how you know better Roethlisberger looks for the Steelers. Julian, final thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, a couple of quick things. I don't know, like while we were talking, so Mike Evans is a game time decision. I don't know what else happened, but Washington's now plus nine on DK Sportsbook, so wow. that one is growing. Um, <clears throat> anyway. I'm more confident in this game than you guys are. My teaser, my my 
play of the weekend is going to be the Buffalo Pittsburgh teaser. Um, Buffalo, I forgot to mention, fifteen and one on the six point teaser this season. Fifteen and one. Fifteen um, two coming. Pittsburgh's going to win this game. I, people are down on Pittsburgh because of how they've played lately. I think they're closer to what we saw in the first half of the season than what we've seen recently. There's going to be some bounce back here uh, from Pittsburgh at home. And I think the Browns are, are this year's bills. Uh, this, this is their first taste of playoff success. And now they're doing it without a coach for the week and without a key offensive lineman, like Dan talked about, this is going to be, Hey, we made it here. This is the first step. Now let's get clobbered by the Steelers and hopefully we'll be back next year to maybe try and win a game. I, I really feel that way. Um, I, I think that the Steelers are going to be able to run the ball with, with Connor, who is extremely underpriced at $5,000. If you're playing that six game uh, DK slate for the weekend, I think that the, the receivers have drops, but they're, three very good receivers that are going to give the Browns secondary uh, some issues. I don't know what Denzel Ward's status is. I, he was still on the COVID list last I checked. Um, I, this is Pittsburgh at home for me. This is the better team, the experienced team. And uh, the Browns are, are having a wild week. <laughs> They're happy to be here. Um, good job. Good effort. I, I think that Pittsburgh covers this one. If you made me take it, at six, but uh, I'll, I'll happily go with the Buffalo Pittsburgh teaser as my, my main play this weekend. All right. Want to thank Dan Lifshatz, one half of the bankroll boys and the over under podcast. You can hear that. Check out 98.5, the sports Hub. check up the podcast, Dan, let everybody know how they can follow, follow you on Twitter. Uh, at Dan Lifshatz, L I F S H A T Z. Uh, you can also follow us at over under nine, eight, five on Twitter as well. We, uh, we post all of our plays that we give out on the podcast there. Uh, we don't, we don't post them until the game is basically over. So like third, fourth quarter is when we'll, we'll post the plays from the podcast. We always get comments. Why don't you, why are you guys posting so late? That's why. Cause you got to listen to the podcast to get the plays and we post them later. So you can't bet them live. I know we suck. We're the worst. I know. <laughs> yeah, That's I how you do it. You have to listen to the content in order to get the stuff. <clears throat> so you subscribe to the unreasonable odds podcast. You subscribe to the over under podcast and you delete the rest of your podcast. If you want. <laughs> For Tan Not, Lift Shats, at least the sports related ones, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. For Tan Lift Shats, for Julian Edlow, I'm Steve Buchanan. Catch you next week.